good evening. I trust and believe that you are well. Well, we had a glorious meeting last night and I still feel the effects of the power of the Spirit of God that was released last night. In fact, it was my intentions not to have a live service this evening, but I was convinced otherwise by my brother, Pastor Raphael. I uh, said, you promised the people and you must keep your word. So, um, keeping my word, irrespective of the bodily limitations, but we trust that the Spirit of God will grant us the necessary strength to continue to communicate His Word. And like I said, please lower the little bit. And like I said, up a bit, thank you. Like I said, we had a tremendous night last night when I was preparing for the message and for the service yesterday the Spirit of God said to me tomorrow night uh, that was yesterday I will activate and these were his words I will activate through a demonstration of my power my people into wealth and I believe that the Lord has done it because we experienced the literal and tangible power of God. You know, the Bible tells us that when Jesus was teaching, the power of God was present to heal. So the power of God is always present and not necessarily uh, manifested but it is always potentially there for when the Spirit of God desires to quicken certain things and I believe that the Lord has quickened several things within our lives we need the power of God it is what sustains our Christianity. It is what is back of our Christianity. And last night, I received so many testimonies of people who were streaming and where they were experienced the tangibility of the Spirit of God. There is one that stood out to me because I remember while I was ministering, 
I said there will be some who will be electrocuted by the power of the Spirit. And you know, sometimes when we speak and say these things, we, we, are, we are not predictive uh, programming people, but we are only saying what the Spirit of God at that time is giving us as signs of the power that will be released. So that when it happens, people would know and reference it to the Holy Ghost and His power. So I said, some will feel heat all over their body. And I received marvelous testimonies, really awe-inspiring testimonies of the power of God. And, and for me, when I, when I heard that, it was more about the transmitting capability of the power of God. That's what really fascinated me, that the power traveled through the airwaves and reached the recipients wherever they were. That's marvelous. Let me read you uh, one testimony that came through from last night's uh, ministration. Because, uh, you know, uh, these testimonies, as we, we minister, they come in. So sometimes I don't really get the chance to, to tell you these testimonies. I think what I will do is that every Friday before I minister, I will highlight certain testimonies that took place within that week to just strengthen the, the faith of the watcher. Uh, this is in their own words, but I will not mention uh, their names uh, out of respect. It says, towards the end of the sermon, Prophet Enoch requested us to lift our hands toward the screen to receive the activation. I was sitting across my sister, who was facing the screen. She started mildly jumping on her feet while she was sitting on the couch. I thought that it was just excitement because of what she was going to receive. But the activation accelerated to a point where her entire body was shaken. She was screaming uncontrollably. It went on for so long until she hit the floor, shaking still. Now, three neighbors, one ground floor and two next door, uh, the second next door, the third on the top floor, became concerned. They wanted to get in the house, but it was locked. So while all this was going on, it got the attention of the neighbors because of the manifestation of the spirit that was taking place at that time. So these neighbors came in and they knocked, but nobody answered. So they called the security guard because they thought that, you know, something was happening. Maybe she was, you know, uh, under seizure or so, of, of some sort. So they requested the security to call just to check if we were fine because the, the noise was loud and the shaking sounds they heard. Her son 
wanted to slap her because he thought that she was having a seizure. But I told him to calm down because God is at work. So when the prophet said, some will experience blackouts, some will, ex some will be ele electrocuted, I saw exactly that. Then my sister asked if she should approach the neighbors after done praying because they were still outside. So they stayed for the entire duration of, of this uh, encounter. The answer she got was that she was to keep quiet and they will leave. The move of God was so powerful. Eventually they left. So my sister said, tomorrow we should tell them the truth about what happened. All glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is all the doing of the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. He is still witnessing of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And trust me, these are not the only testimonies that have been coming in. You know, I've received several last night and, and to today. But I believe and I want to encourage you to be assured that the Lord is doing something in your life. He is doing something in your life. And these things that happened are proof and signs that what we have begun and commenced to do can only be by the Spirit of God. It can only be by the power of God. Like Nicodemus said, no man can do these things except God be with him. So the Spirit of God is with us for the purpose of ministering the purposes and the will of God for his people. Hallelujah. You know, this is, this is something Isaiah said. He said, it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Israel. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And while we know prophetically that this refers to a time in the future, we know that the church is there to give the world a foretaste of this reality. So the Lord's house, the mountain of his house, is exalted above all the hills. So the house of God is the bearer of reality and truth. So what we are doing is just following the leading of the Spirit of God, leading and guiding His people into His inheritance. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So the, the day before, we spoke about activation uh, uh, of the wealth covenant. And yesterday, I went into several things uh, discussing. Actually, I wanted to discuss what was consistent with what the Spirit of God wanted to do, which was to activate God's people. 
So tonight I want to look at the key to the miraculous and how to manifest his glory. Let's look at our scripture in John chapter 2. Hallelujah. John chapter 2. Verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Mary was up to something. She was, she was up to something. And I think how she approached Jesus was on the basis that she really knew what Jesus was like. So she did not go and say, please, they ran out of wine. Do something. No. She said to him, they've run, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, you know, when I, <laughs> when I always used to read this uh, story, I always wondered, why did he not say mother? He said woman. <laughs> Anyways, maybe it's Jewish custom to call your mother woman. So he says, woman, what does your concern have to do with me my hour has not yet come what hour is he referring to can i can i show you something we'll, we'll, we'll come back here john uh, chapter seven <laughs> verse one after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, and he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. You see, Jesus was wise. Now, the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. They were mocking him. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus answered, My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. What is this time that Jesus is talking about? My time, my time. So, Jesus has a time, are we agreed, in which certain things that are commissioned to him must be done. So, he says, no, woman, 
this concern has nothing to do with me because my time has not come. The time to manifest the works of the Father. His mother, it seems like she didn't pay any attention to what he said. His mother then said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do what? Do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. And I said that the word do means to produce or construct. So Mary was saying to the servants that he has the ability to give you wine. But how he's going to give you wine, I don't know. So whatever he says to do, just do it. Because the ability or his power will be manifested in you doing what he says. You know, when, when, you, when you look at this statement, it sounds so simple, yet it is the core of the ministry of the power of God. Whatever he says, the word is Lego, it means whatever he speaks. Whatever he speaks, he says, do it. That means, in what he says is the impartation to do what he says. Are you following me? So he says, do, do it. He did not say, think on it. He did not say, think on it. He said, do it. That means, whatever Jesus said, it did not need to make sense to their minds. It did not need to make sense to their reasoning. They just had to do it. So there is a dimension of instruction where you don't think you do. You don't think you act. Whatever he says, do it. Now, here's the reason, the main reason, why we are unable to replicate the works and the experiences tabled in the scriptures. It is because we have a bunch of overthinkers in the body of Christ. When it comes, beloved, to the word of God, we don't think 
especially if it is instructions. The thinking has already been done for you through the instructions. So you don't think, you do. And that's one of the reasons why meditation is important. Because he says, this book of the Lord shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt hagar it day and night, that thou hast uh, may observe to do. That thou hast may observe. So he says, the, the purpose of meditation, the end goal of meditation is to do the law, is to do the word. So remember, the word comes with the glory uh, 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 factor, I mean element of God. The glory comes with the supernatural. The glory comes with the impossible made possible. So when he gives his word, he speaks. He says the one who is hearing what he's speaking, he must act. He must act. So the word that releases the miraculous requires action. That means if God says to you, go on the mountain and stay there for five days. Your own is not to create other uh, possibilities that differ from what you were told. He says, go on the mountain. And then you, you find, it, find a hill. You're like, no, this looks like a mountain. So I will lodge here for five days. Would you see a manifestation? No, you won't. Why? Because you did not do what was prescribed. So he's saying, Poyeo, work out, produce, construct, fashion what he says he speaks to you. He uses this same word in uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, verse 20, when he says, Now unto him who is able to poyeo, to do, to construct, exceedingly abundantly above all, above all, that we ask or think according, he is able to poyeo in accordance to the power that is at work in us. So it's not a question of the ability of God. It's a question of our inactivity. So inactivity in the things of God, inactivity in uh, obeying, following suit on what God has spoken is what results in mundanity and the lack of the manifestation of the miraculous. So if we truly want to localize the supernatural power of God in our lives, what is important? Whatever he says, do it. Yeah. Yeah. So what accelerates 
the miraculous in our lives is acting in line with what God has said. To do or to act in accordance with the instructions that are coming from the Lord. Let's look at uh, Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 5. The book of Luke, chapter 5. Okay, before Luke, uh, let's go to... Second Kings, chapter 13. The miraculous is waiting to happen. You see, the reasoning of Zechariah is what made the angel shut his mouth. Because you must understand that the reason why the angel was announcing that this is going to happen is because he wanted them to be in agreement with what God was doing. You understand? So he got there, Zechariah says, ah, yeah, 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 we are old, Lord. So he, he was using, he was using what? He was using human reasoning yeah. but he's in an encounter yeah. don't think don't think that human reasoning will not filter in even when you are in an encounter no it's not a guarantee this guy was singing angel and then he's still reasoning hey uh, uh, uh no he was seeing an angel was talking to him the mind of god But the man was like, no, we are old, my wife is barren. I'm very old, I've passed the age of bearing. Yet he must have heard about Abraham. He must have heard, but he was like, ay, 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 ay. And the Bible proves to us that the how of Mary and Zechariah was different. Because Mary was like, no, how? Senior is, I have not slept with a man. She was, she was genuine. How will this happen? And when she was told, she conceded. She was like, oh, no, let's do it. It's fine. Let it be done. Let it be done. I'm your maid servant. Let it be done. This other one was like, <laughs> So if we, we are not built, and saturated in the word and we don't have the word dwelling richly in us we may have encounters and in those encounters we rob and forfeit the blessings of god so an encounter is not a guarantee that you will receive what god said hallelujah it is about understanding how to follow the Lord accurately. How to follow his word accurate. Because the miraculous is in the accuracy. 
Because when God speaks, he does not generalize his communication of instruction to us. He is specific. So, let's look at 2 Kings chapter 13. And Elisha <coughs> had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Why was Elisha dying? When his mentor ascended, and this, this guy, he had become sick. Let's not get into that now. <laughs> Let's not deviate. So Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face. Now, remember what we were teaching with the ministry gifts, right? And he said, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen, and Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hand on the king's hands. And he said, Open the east window, and he opened it. So, so here, what are you seeing? You are seeing a man seemingly following instruction. Take a bow, and he took it. You see that? Put it in your hand, and he put it in his hand. Open the east window, and he opened it. And Elijah said, shoot, and he shot. He said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, <laughs> the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Apec till you have destroyed them. So what he was doing was a prophetic act. So he was telling him the reason why he was shooting. He's saying, this is to what is the deliverance from your deliverance from Syria for you must strike the Syrians at Apec till you have destroyed them so he said you must strike so this man here is deciding his prophetic future he's deciding the outcome of his destiny between these two kings uh, 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 between his wars and his con conflict with these nations but he's deciding that on the basis of how he follows the instruction that was given to him. So what is going to decide the outcome? Imagine, they have not even yet fought. But prophetically, he is fighting. So he says, then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king, strike the ground. So he did every single thing that the prophet said, except the last part. 
Because the last part, he said, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. Oh, where's the problem in that? Question, was he given three arrows? The prophet's next statement indicates that the king was not given three arrows to shoot. But he decided to shoot three times and stop. So, <laughs> so he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was very angry with him. Why? Because this man was doing or instructing this man to do this prophetic act because of what he had seen in the spirit. He knew that the battle or the conflict of Israel against this nation would be settled if the man followed the instruction of shooting. So the man of God was very angry because here's the king. He shot, he shot, he shot, and then he stopped. So you would think, right, that up until that point, the man was obedient. He, he was obedient. He did everything. But the last time, or the last instruction, he did not. He chose, he chose his what? He chose his number. So he stopped following the instruction and decided, no, that this must be, because maybe probably of how he felt. It's not important that you go by your feelings or your thinking. It's important that you go by the instruction. So he said to him, <laughs> the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck. So it was not a good tone because he was angry. Yeah. You should have struck five or six times. Mm. So that means that prophetically, five or six times was really the target. You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. A lesson, a lesson, why many lives don't seem to reach the peak of God's fullness, the peak of God's purposes, of God's will. Because along the way, they make up their own interpretations of the instruction that the Lord spoke to them. Whatever he says, do, do it. So he struck them three times. That means the conflict was not over. So he won the battles, not the war, because he did not follow the instruction. What was the appropriate thing to do? To shoot until the prophet said, stop. That was the appropriate thing to do, to shoot until it was said to stop. Because he did everything right. Let's look at another scenario. First uh, Samuel.
First Samuel chapter. I think it's chapter fifteen. So now we can see something about how God works with men. The degree to which you will see his glory, his power, and the miraculous manifested in your life is that to which you are fully obedient, accurately obeying the instruction. And the instruction doesn't necessarily have to come from God directly, but through the ministry gifts. For instance, if your uh, 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 ministry gift, your pastor or your apostle or prophet or so forth, says, from tomorrow, church starts at 7. You don't know, probably he came from an encounter and he received instruction from the Lord. Tell the people that from tomorrow, church starts at 7. But he does not tell you the reason why church starts at 7. Right? And then you decide, no, 7 is too early. No, 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 no. 7, seven is too early. I mean, 7 people are still sleeping. He should be considerate. He should, be, he should consider that, you know, it's too early. People probably had Saturday uh, late night, so he should understand. So you decide, based on your own, you know, mental reasoning. Nah, I'll make it by eight. Now, the seven o'clock was not a request or a suggestion. It was an instruction. You turned it into a suggestion. So probably the Lord said there's an angel that will come always at seven. Or the reason why I'm saying seven is because from seven, there are some impartations that I will be doing. You don't know all those things. You don't know that the changing of the time from maybe eight to seven is really for your deliverance. No, you are, you are measuring your deliverance or you are expecting your deliverance to be coming through or via your prayers via your fasting but you don't know that the lord between him and the servant decided that and he might even not even tell the servant the full details he had decided that no seven is the appointed time for deliverance remember god said to them at about midnight i will pass imagine what if the angel found people outside uh, the doorposts where the blood was? They would die. Yeah. What if some Tom Deacon here was like, oh no, let me take a stroll. 
And at midnight, the Lord said the angel would pass through. Because that's what he said. And about midnight, the angel would pass through. And he, he should not have found any man of the stock of Israel outside. They should be behind the doorpost where the blood was ple uh, pleaded and sprinkled. So do you think the one that is found outside will be spared at midnight? No, he will not be spared. That means he will not enjoy of the advantage that God was giving Israel through the instruction that he gave them, uh, gave them uh, 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 through Moses. So here you are, you are like, no, I'm coming 8 o'clock. And you're confident. No, I'm, I'm still going to church. It is written off in heaven. From that day, every time you come 8 o'clock or after the, uh, the time, it is not counted in your register. Because the instruction for those under that house was 7 o'clock is the time. That's why in the house of God, you don't ask when instructions are given. You follow. You don't reason. You follow. You don't form a clique and organization of creating suggestions to the pastor. It's not a democracy. It's a theocracy. God has the first and last say. Hallelujah. Now, th that's one of the many areas where many of God's people don't realize how they are affected spiritually and destiny-wise. Because they are looking for the spectacular. That if you come 7 o'clock, there will be a glory cloud. Nope. Nope. Beloved, look at look at look at the the woman with the spirit of infirmity in Luke chapter 18, right? Look at her. For 18 years, she was going to the synagogue. That means even before Jesus entered ministry, this woman was going there with her infirmity. She was Satan had bound her. And she was making her way every single day. When she went to the synagogue, to the house of God, the day that her deliverance came, did she know that that is my day? No. She went there as a custom. And it happened that on that day, she had an encounter with the word. She had an encounter with Jesus. So what brought the miracle was her consistency. If that day she had decided to abscond and say, no, I'm sleeping, she would not have received the deliverance. When God talks about leading Israel into the promised land, he talks about the appointed place for which they were supposed to come and worship the name of the Lord because the Lord would have put his name there and they would need to travel from wherever they were to give their offerings and their worship. This is what created a dilemma for Jeroboam and caused uh, Israel to sin because the, he, 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 he had occupied uh, 10, is it 10? Probably 10, yeah. 10 of the, na uh, uh, the nations, uh, the tribes of Israel and the two that were left. But the people were worshipping at the other tribe. So she, he got afraid because he was like, no, if these people keep going that direction, 
they will end up staying there. So what, what am I going to do? I'll create a God for them to worship. Why am I saying that? Because there are appointed places and appointed times the Lord has set for his people. So the, the miraculous is not so much spectacular, but it is the moving of the Spirit of God in one's life. In, 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 uh, how can I put this? In recompensation and reward for following accurately the word of the Lord. So the word of the Lord may not be a thus says the Lord, but an instruction for your spiritual life. So you are waiting for a manifestation of wealth, but you are inconsistent in your church attendance. You are there, it's mine, O oh Lord. It's mine, O oh Lord. But you disobey the instruction that no, seven o'clock is church time. Where now where are you? You are still bathing. And you know that it's church time. So what makes you think that you will be excused and then rewarded? Folly. Folly. Hallelujah. So let, let's read. Second Kings chapter 15. Verse 1. I mean, first Samuel, sorry. Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people. So, who was really over Saul, spiritually? Samuel. Right? Because it was from the word of the Lord that Saul was anointed king. And it was that word that was given to Samuel. So, he's telling him, now therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Question, who is talking? Is it the Lord talking? Who is Saul hearing? But he's saying that Saul must hear the voice of the words of the Lord. And then he continues. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. How he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. He's giving him the reason why he needs to do this thing. It's a punishment from the Lord for what he did to Israel when they left Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and do what? Utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both men and women, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. So the instruction was clear. Kill all. Don't leave any anyone. So Saul so gathered the people and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. 
And Saul came to a city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, Go depart, get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. So he seems to understand the history. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. So Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. So why did Paul spare the king? For glory. It was for glory. It was for pomp. He destroyed everybody. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling. That's the key. And were unwilling. So it's not like they did not know. They deliberately did it. They were unwilling to destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. So they left the good. They were unwilling. Greed. So here you see the things inside a man that stops him from fully obeying the word of the Lord. So you can see from Saul's life that he had a, a certain in, internal complex within himself that made him unwilling he heard the word he heard the instruction now he was an in in the heat of battle he was unwilling he was unwilling to utterly destroy them in other words he was unwilling to follow god at that time he had made himself a god men live as gods when they live by their own words Now, verse 10, the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret. So God was seeing all this thing. I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as a king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed. See how he has turned back. He has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Saul. Hallelujah. 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 And that one act, that one act, you see, prior to that, Saul had been doing some strange things, some wrong things, unlawfully making offerings and so forth, making poor uh, strategic decisions and so forth, putting his men in harm's way and all those things. Before this. But now he he did intentionally go against the voice of the word of the Lord that came through Samuel. Intentionally. He went against the voice of the Lord's word intentionally. And God said, I regret making him king. And God, in his mind and purposes, was going to give Saul a dynasty without end. Hallelujah. 
And God says, enough is enough. He took the kingdom from him. The Bible says, the spirit departed from Saul. Why? He failed from obeying the commands of the Lord. So some may say, yeah, even the man God anointed later committed a sin. He committed adultery. He took another man's wife and killed the man. Right? But that didn't come directly from an instruction. It did not come directly from an instruction. Here I'm talking about the key to the, to the miraculous, the supernatural work, the hand of God behind a man depends on how accurately he follows the word of God. You see, one of the reasons why Israel got into trouble with God in this story is because these guys were asking the Lord, the Lord said, I am your king. You don't need, they say, uh -uh. we want kings like other nations. We want kings like other nations. And one thing you must know, that in that time, many of those kings were offspring of giants. So they were like, we, know, we, want, we want somebody like that. The miraculous does not happen not so much in what we do, but what we do from what he says to us. Let's, let's, let's turn to Luke. Luke chapter 5. Verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of the Lord. That he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little, to put it out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he stopped talking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. And let down your net, your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, look at this, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. These guys were not novices or amateur fishermen. They were doing this as a livelihood for a business. So they knew the right time to fish. They knew the right spots to fish. And the spot where they were fishing, he, there was nothing that night. 
So they had employed their fishermen's skills and they caught nothing. P Peter, he says, Lord, Jesus just tells him, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, many of us stop there. We're like, uh -uh. no, 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 no. Uh, I've tried this thing many times. I've tried this thing many times. Uh, haven't gotten results. See, there's a difference when you pray, and there's a difference when he tells you to pray. The, 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 out, the outcome is different. It can't be the same. Because when you pray based on what he is saying, it means that there is something he has seen that you are not seeing. But when you're praying of your own volition, it is because of your desires, your needs, and stuff. And God still does something. But I'm just showing you the, the, the difference between the two. So there is the toil. There is the labor without the word. There is the labor in life. The laboring in life. The toiling in life without the word. And you may, you may not get results. You may get results, you may not get, it's not guaranteed. So Peter is telling Jesus, we have toiled all night, all night, all night. And we caught, imagine not one fish. And yet Jesus is saying, launch out into the deep, cast your nets for a catch. Hey, 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 hey. You are coming to tell me now, I've been doing this for years. And I just recently did it and I caught nothing. And you, you want to tell me that I must do this thing that I've been doing for some time now. And I know that where I was strategically was the spot. And you are telling me that I must do it again. The same place where they were rejected. The same place where they failed. With the same place that yielded nothing. Jesus was saying, go back there. Go back there. Launch out. Launch out. Launch out. When God told us to start uh, this 40-day camp meeting, I didn't even have a single camera. There was no single camera, single lighting, all these things that, that are making this possible, all these props, we had none of them. Nor even the money. All he said was, Present my people. Because it was, it was what he showed me in the vision. Glory in the word. But vision requires resources in order for it to manifest or to come to fruition. But in the space of three weeks from that word, we had everything. We had everything. 
People who, who don't work gave the most toward the fulfillment of what we are doing today. Why? Because he said it. There are things I needed personally for church. Even today, I still didn't get. Not because the Lord asked me, but because I saw there was a need there. No, there was nothing. But all of a sudden, God speaks. And every single thing mobilizes to the fulfillment of that word. I didn't know. I just said, okay, Lord. But one thing I knew was that if we're going to do a production, it must be of the highest level possible. It must be of the highest level of excellence possible. Because for me personally, it is for the Lord. So anything I do for the Lord must be of a certain I've been to heaven. I've seen heaven. I've seen how the, the garden in heaven is arrayed. I've seen how the, the streets are paved. I've seen the order in the throne room of God. And I knew if I'm ever going to do anything physically and tangible for God, it has to have a certain quality, a certain substance that is even approvable by Jesus. And we did it by the help of God. By the help of God. Because he gave out his word, do it. Do it. So he's telling these guys to launch out in the deep. The place where they've toiled all night and caught nothing. But I love what Peter says. Nevertheless, at your rhema, I will let down the net. And when they had, look at it, and when they had poyeoed this, when they, were, they had poyeoed this, when they had done this, they caught a great number. When they had done this, when they were done, so the fish wasn't there. But when they had done this, the fish localized to the area where Jesus told them to cast their nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. When they had done what? When they had done this, when they had responded to his word. When they had done this, they caught. When they had done. Have you done what was said to you? Have you done what the rhema of God has spoken to you? Because when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. But it was not there the whole night. Where did it come from? It was produced by the word. It was produced by the word. And their net was breaking. So they, they signaled to their partners. So even the partners benefited from what they had done. From what Jesus instructed them. Are you doing what you are told? See, that's why 
you may not be experiencing the miraculous factor of the word of God. When they had done this, when did they poil it? After he said it. Whatever he says, do it. Child of God, if God has given you a faithful servant of God, one who loves God, who follows God, who seeks to please Him, and is a lover of His presence, full of, you know, like what the Bible tells us in Timothy. If a man of God, a servant of God, meets the criteria, the standard, and even if he's not perfected in that area, make sure you pay attention to what he says. Remember, the ministry that he's carrying out, he's carrying out by the unction of God. You know, sometimes there are certain things that naturally, um, you can come with issues that naturally the man or the servant of God don't really have the solutions to. But sometimes what happens, and in fact many times, what happens as you speak, the unction comes. The unction that was set for your sake comes upon him. And all of a sudden, he, he finds himself giving advice that was not readily in, available in his mind. It's an unction. It's an unction to shepherd, an unction to lead. So when, when he speaks to you, you better listen. You better listen because to, to, to go against what he said to you is spiritual danger. You are committing spiritual suicide and effectively locking yourself out from the supernatural, the miraculous of God in your life. So what is needed from the sheep is the ability to hear. Hearing and hearing is vital. To hear. Jesus said, take heed how you hear. That's where the key to the supernatural lies. That's where the key to manifested glory lies and when they had done they caught this time they were doing it at the bidding of the rhema so the instructions that come to you through the servant of god the ministry give given you oh don't never brush aside because it could mean life and death it could mean perpetuity in poverty or a life in wealth. It could mean health and it could mean sickness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So whatever he says, do it. That is the key to manifesting glory. To manifest, what is, what is the manifesting uh, 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 or manifesting glory? Is when the word of God becomes flesh. I'm well aware in saying this, 
that there are those who seek to misuse their authority and take advantage and abuse the people of God. But the fact that there is or there are such cases or such uh, circumstances should not cause you as a child of God to disregard the authority set over you because that authority is the power to produce is the power to manifest yes especially when what he says to you comes from the spirit of god is under the inspiration and the guidance and the approval of the spirit Remember, they said, it seemed good to us and to the Holy Ghost in Acts. So they, they had to have some sort of uh, 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 agreeability and a note of approval for, from the Spirit that, no, this, this should be given to the brethren. Because we are made overseers by the Holy Ghost. This is the church of God. But he had made us overseers by the Holy Ghost. So we are responsible and accountable to the Holy Ghost. How we lead God's people. But God's people are accountable to follow. They are accountable to follow. Hallelujah. Let me, let me show you. Let me show you something. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 if there's a scripture that has changed my perspective on life and the word of God is Hebrews 11 verse 3 By faith, we understand that the worlds, I explained that to you yesterday, right? Were framed by the word, the rhema of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So there are, there are invisible forces that are at play every time the word of God is ministered. Which cause the things which are seen to be. So for you to see Peter walking on water, there is something invincible carrying out that uh, reality. There is something invincible that is carrying out, that is guided or governed by the word of God. So when the word is released, there is the invincible elements that are not seen that work forces that work hand in hand to ensure that what is seen materialize. So Peter walking on water, the ones who were still in the boat, they didn't see anything change in the water. But Peter was walking. Naturally, Peter doesn't walk on water. But it is because the word come came. So those forces align themselves to ensure that what? The coming of Peter is possible. 
Hallelujah. That's the power of the word of God. That when it comes, it comes with a force. It comes with a force. That force is there to ensure that what is instructed when it is done becomes seen. Tangible. So the tangibility of God's word in our lives will only take place when we have thoroughly, accurately fulfilled, done, poyeod, what was said to us. What was said to us. When I first started the ministry, I was deadbeat poor. I was poor. I used to walk a distance of one hour for a year and a half every single Sunday to church. So I'd make sure that I leave at least two hours before church starts and walk to church. But I was called into the ministry, the Spirit of God called me. But nothing changed. And by that time, I had learned certain things in the Word of God that developed certain convictions in me. And one of the convictions that would develop is never to ask anything for my provisions from men. So I was not in the business of asking. I don't ask. It's been my principle for years. But personally, I don't ask. Because he said, when you call me, I take care of all my servants. Follow me. I will take care of you. But in the following, there was no taking care. I was walking to church. By the time I get to the church meeting, I'm tired. Sleepy. And then I minister for six hours. Six hours during those times. Church would start at 11 and end probably at 5. And then... After such a ministry, power, revelation, the blessing of God, a person walks back home with nothing to show where he was. And I did that for years. But God called a person. One day in 2017, I began to cry to the Lord. I said, Lord, I need help. I need help. And the Lord said, help 
is always available. That, that is when, that is when, that's about the season when the Lord started quickening the revelation and matter of wealth. So I started teaching wealth, studying prosperity, biblical prosperity, because I knew they had to be a way. They, they had to be a way. That was God's way. They, I, I knew it. They had to be. And the Spirit of God started quickening revelation. And in that state, God said to me, write a book. I took two years to write that book. It was tough for me. I didn't want to do it. But God said, write that book on wealth. You're writing something for which you have no tangible proofs. I remember I would stay up at night, two o'clock, waking up, writing, 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 revelations, writing, revelations, writing, revelations. And then the Holy Ghost said, 2017, start having wealth and prosperity conferences. <laughs> Person is poor. What do I have or what do I know tangibly? But something happened. When the Lord instructed me to write the book, at first I said no, I was reluctant. And then I said yes, but I still took two years. You know, there's something about me. I've always been slow with the Lord. And it has worked against me and for me. It has worked in my advantage and also on the other side. That has always been my greatest, my greatest weakness. Because earlier on in my life, it with the Lord, I was too quick for Him. I would do things ahead of the Lord. So when the Lord started dealing with me in that area, I went to the opposite extreme. <laughs> and I was too slow. But thank God, you know, the balance is coming back now. Much stronger now in these later years of my serving the Lord. I've been serving the Lord for a decade. 13 years, 14 years in Jesus Christ, saved 10 years serving the Lord. That year, 2017, right? 2017, and prior to that, I had, I had met my uh, brother, Pastor Raphael, in Cape Town. And I only, we, we only started building our relationship after the Lord took me into the heavens and gave me prophetic insight about his life. And it was, it was really by divine appointment that we met because naturally we won't, we, we, you know, we didn't click. But after that, after that encounter and relaying to him the word of God and the prophetic word of God, we, we built a relationship. And that was 2016. Yes, 2016. 2017, <laughs> he, always, he always plays with me. <laughs> and laughs at me uh, because there was a time when we were talking, sharing revelations of the word. But I had run out of data. <laughs> I 
Oh, I ran out of data, and I said to him, "Bra, I, I just given him a prophecy." And I said, "Bra, please a favor, uh, fifty megabytes, please." <laughs> oh God, Th that's 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 where things were. Fifty megabytes, please. I obeyed the word to begin hosting uh, the Wealth Conferences 2017 in, in February, I think, February or March. A week before we had those first uh, Wealth Conference meetings, I'm praying, and the Lord says to me, now I will show you how to make money available. Then he said, from this day, if you ever need money, do this. And he told me what to do. As he was telling me, I did it. God is my witness. The thing I did, the time I said the money would be available, the money came. That was my introduction into financial freedom. From 2017, I never lacked what I needed. Never lacked. I would do what God said to do, and then go on with life. And lo and behold, it would take place. Things got so extremely good that at the end of the year, in October, I remember I was lying down in the, in the bath. And I said, Lord, I really need a car. You know what the Lord said to me? I will buy you your first car. Choose it. I didn't know. But... Why were, were those, why were those things taking place? Because I was following the instructions that I was being given. There are times when I did not follow accurately and I suffered. And I knew when I suffered that this was the reason and I corrected it. That year, 2017, December, when the Lord was giving me the revelation for the next year, the Lord said to me, Jesus, Jesus, because in that revelation, I was in an encounter with the Lord. And before he left, he said to me, I have given you 
your needs. But from this day, I will grant you all your wants. And I entered that dimension. I entered it supernaturally by the help of God. Following God's word. I remember in the year 2018, every single morning, I was with Pastor Raphael on the phone, either through uh, the line or through text. And we were searching and searching and searching the scripture because the prophetic word was there. But there were certain things in the prophetic word that we had missed. And we discovered three, three months before the prophetic word was fulfilled for him and his family. On my side, I never worked a day in my life. Never. And I always say this to, 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 to the brethren in church, and I'm not saying this to boast, but to say that following God matters more than anything in this world. Following His word of instruction of command is what will lead you into the promise. I can't leave you without saying this to you, without showing this to you. Joshua, please. You know, Paul says, the life that I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I know what he means. I know what he means. <laughs> Joshua. Verse 12, I mean chapter 24, verse 12. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out. God used bees, wasps, to drive out these nations. Also, the two kings of the Amorites. But he says, but not with your sword and not with your bow. Verse 13, I have given you a land for which you did not labor. Cities which you did not build. And you dwell in them and you eat of the vineyard of the groves which you did not plant. Now, therefore, serve the Lord. Fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away all the gods of your fathers. Look at Deuteronomy. 
chapter 6, verse 11. Verse 10 says, So it shall be when the Lord, your God, brings you into a land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a large and beautiful cities, large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all the good things which you did not feel, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, when you have eaten and are full, says, don't forget the Lord. You know what brought them into that place? You know what brought them into that place? The voice of God. The voice of God. Verse 12 says, you shall diligently keep the commands of the Lord your God. God's commandment are the prosperity of his people. The wealth of your life, the prosperity in your life, beloved, is in the voice of God and how accurately you discern and follow it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Follow God and you will cast your enemies hither and thither. Follow God and he will bring you into a world you never thought existed. I hope one of the things that you develop convictions in, one of the areas you develop convictions in after this camp meeting has concluded is that God's word is majesty. Is the majesty. A people that learns How hard can it be to follow God when even bones obey his command? Bones, bones that obey his command. The sun obeys his command. The rock obeys his commands. The seas obeys his command. What manner of man is this that even the winds and the waters obey him? He's a man of the word. The man of the word. Come into obedience of the word of God, of the commands of God, and you will inherit prosperity. You will inherit wealth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. We thank God for his ministration and the administrations of his spirit upon our lives. What is taking place through these meetings and teachings and messages that we are uh, distributing on the platforms, beloved, are set to make you. They are set. They are set to make you. God loves you. God loves you. And he desires that you, above, that you be above all the nations of the world. Glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we bless you. We thank you. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Sanctify us by your truth, by your word, that, O oh God, we may behold and live in the glory of your word. 
I bless your people with your word. I bless your people with your presence. And I thank you, precious Spirit of God, for opening our eyes, for flooding light into our minds, into our dianoia, into our spirits, and causing us to love you and love your word and to follow you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, enjoy your Saturday. Uh, we'll see you Sunday. And live, we will see you on Monday, same time, same place. God bless you. I love you. Good night.